Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Today we have as our guest Mr. Abhishek Kumar who is working as Director of Design at Betaflex. Hi Abhishek, thank you for coming and joining us today. Hi Aparajita, great to meet you. So just to set some context for our listeners, could you please take us through your career journey so far? Yeah, uh, so I've been uh, in the field of design for around 10 years now and uh, I've done a lot of different kinds of experiences uh, from starting my own startups to working at uh, large scale organizations and small scale organizations. So I started off my career uh, uh, at a place called Tata Alexi, which is based out of Bangalore, and it serves a lot of uh, different kinds of large scale organizations with their design and engineering needs. And uh, thereafter, I decided I it's time to jump and try my own you know, career uh, graph. So I actually was very young in my mid-20s. So I thought it's a good time to take the jump and start getting a few clients and uh, try freelancing or, uh, you know, consulting. And I was lucky enough to work with uh, um, some big names and known names. And uh, eventually it led me to a spot um, in Bangalore and Pune with a few different um, startups and organizations where I tried building design teams uh, for them or uh, worked very closely with engineering and uh, management and product management, different kinds of stakeholders. So so over the past few years, these were different experiences. And I also built a design studio in the past, uh, which I exited a year or two ago. And uh, now I'm building a new organization, which is a part of a larger organization called Betaflux. So my firm is called Sigma, which is a design lab within a larger tech organization. And our goal is to quickly scale across the Indian space and then, you know, move to Southeast Asia, Europe, Middle East. uh, And uh, yeah, we're working towards that goal now. That's amazing. So I think the growing startup culture has been a boon for many youngsters to once again dream and turn them into reality. So what better advice would you give to those ambitious minds uh, who are wanting to start on their own? So the one of the really important things that we felt that I experienced was that uh, first of all, uh, be easy on yourself because you don't you can't know what you don't know right now. Only you learn things in the future. Mm-hmm. And while building a startup, so you might be an engineer, you might be a you know product manager, you might be doing a particular role in in your past, or you might have learned something. But when you build a startup, you gotta be a salesperson, you gotta be an HR. Uh, you got to be, you know, a manager, you got to run multiple roles on your own, because initially you don't have everything done and served to you on a platter. So you got to learn those things really fast. And uh, I'm a part of a few startup communities and uh, through the shared experiences that I know from doing three startups myself and uh, talking to different people, I think being as, uh, try to become as good at sales as you can and uh, learn how to build whatever you're building. 
Um, so if you know these two parts, I think you you'll increase your chances of success. Yeah. So I guess like sales skills are very important for very, the yeah, entrepreneurial yeah. skills that one should possess, right? So mm-hmm. it's very under um, acknowledged in the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, people think, oh yeah, yeah, what is sales? It's just one particular. Yeah. Domain. It's- in a very uh, like a gray space where people do not want to put it in a positive aspect so when they hear about sales it's just like no it's just yeah, yeah. It, it, it's there you know <laughs> yeah and uh, one of my entrepreneur friends a friend uh, who's built a very uh, you know mid-sized organization so his saying was everybody is a salesperson the prime minister is a salesperson trying to sell the country to investors mm-hmm. you know the ceo of an organization is a salesperson trying to sell it to customers or you know uh, uh, clients and so at every level you are trying to sell it could be a product it could be a service it could be a function so you better learn the art of doing it right and enjoy yeah. Trying try getting better at it because it, it gets better. Uh, yeah. It's about human behavior, to be honest. Yeah, that's a very interesting and actually very important point to be noted uh, for everyone who wants to start on their own. So yeah. um, I'm sure like your career span is pretty, you know, decent and long and you've had so much of experience. So what kind of challenges you had to go through, which taught you some like very important aspects about growing as an individual in life? I'll tell you maybe uh, uh, through small analogies and stories, uh, very mm-hmm. short stories. But so after um, my stint at Tata Lexi, I got a very interesting offer in the UK with one of their uh, companies. But I decided, no, I'm young. It's time to take the leap of faith. And so instead of choosing a very safe job offer, I decided to jump into the ground and, you know, start finding clients, innovative mm-hmm. tactics to get sales done. But... One of the interesting things was that I wasn't sure how am I going to pay my rent because uh, uh, what's going to happen and I was coming back from a meeting and the person, one of the other people I was trying to do the consulting with, he calls me up and he's like, oh yeah, the payment just came through and like that client is logged in. So I was like, oh wow, this thing gets done. So it becomes like a gamified thing, like you're playing a game and uh, going further and further. So th- that uh, sparked an interesting uh, insight in me and uh, also during my college time at NID where uh, it was a design school so I had gone uh, to the travel across the US due to some college projects and I went to six different cities coast to coast and stayed with different kinds of people from multi-millionaires to uh, students sleeping on the floor uh, to living in mansions to all the middle class lifestyles so in a short span of a couple of months I got to meet people so I was a student right I haven't started uh, earning yet and all these things but I got a forecast of life that oh there are different kinds of people all have uh, equal levels of intelligence or possibilities potential um and i was having a conversation with a cousin of mine who's been to harvard and yale and all these crazy organizations but he's also telling me that oh i feel insecure that what will happen in my future i have no guarantee like will i have it or not so that made me think, oh, wow. So if insecurity or uncertainty is going to hit you at some point, why don't you let it hit you when you're young and then start building and, you know, you'll only get better with it and comfortable with it. So mm-hmm. those are a few insights that get me through the different spaces. And uh, I have faced, um, I mean, I could say I have faced both highs and lows uh, in a career that most people um, might dread. Uh, so for instance, 
I joined a very, very, uh, I mean, it, uh, there's a startup called InstaWork in the US based out of San Francisco. So I joined them uh, as a senior uh, product um, design person. Um, and uh, it was just before COVID. And they were unfortunately back then in the hospitality sector. So okay. if you remember during 2020, early 2020, mm-hmm. uh, so I had just completed my three months with them and it was a great experience. We all were getting along very well. Uh, but since that startup was in the you know hospitality space, they had to let go of everybody that uh, had joined uh, in the past three months to scale down. They, they had no parameters to like, you know, how to get let go of people. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, you know, um, we, me and a few other uh, very interesting folks, we all had to like, you know, one day just get a Zoom call and uh, on the Zoom call because COVID, you know, you cannot really yeah. <laughs> On a Zoom call, we were we had to be let go, and I realized that oh my God, if I hadn't learned how to deal with uncertainties, I would have been like totally thrown off the track. But uh, like I said, my mix of experiences were uh, in the middle, so I was like, yeah, I can do something of my own again, or I can you know get the next job. So at that point, I decided to do a startup uh, with a few smart people um, later on. That's a different journey. Uh, so yeah, it was so basically. You never know, uh, you know, so these are some lows, but the highs have been like, uh, I, during one of my, my first startup, me and my co-founders with whom I'm running Betaflux and Sigma now, um, in 2016, we actually were interviewed by the founder of ChatGPT, uh, yeah. Sam Altman in San Francisco. So that was another interesting journey. Like you get to meet these legendary people. Yeah, they're pretty exciting. Yeah, it was in San Francisco and we had an interview with them uh, at a place called Y Combinator. So it's it's a very mixed journey. Um, you can experience both sides. And uh, yeah, it, it makes you... One certain, keep getting better. Yeah. Yeah, whatever the future is, you'll figure it out. So I mm-hmm. guess everybody should dip their feet into those uncertainties and you'll only emerge stronger, you know, eventually. True. I mean, actually, I would have to say the current youth are just so paranoid of the future. In fact, I am myself the one who would rather, you know, uh, get everything under control. But there is a certain element about this uh, unpredictability. I think we should take it with a, you know, a bit of excitement. Trying to figure out life is not something just we get on, you know, in a plate. We should definitely I mean, look for it. Look at it like this. You learn how to ride a bike. Yeah. Right? The first few days are scariest, right? You're like, mm-hmm. how will I ever learn to balance this? But you, once you learn it, it dances at your command. Comes right? along, yeah. Yeah. So it's the the whole art is like balancing things out in yeah. a fun. Um, we have to try it out. Like life, uh, you know. Otherwise, when you haven't really done um, experimentation, then yeah. you're thrown with something you feel out of control, right? I think. So the, get- uh, yeah, the you know the aspects of failure itself is also something very intimidating for a lot of people. So yeah. that should be something we not we need not to worry much about that what others would think, I guess. So I'm a big believer in positive reinforcement psychology, where okay. it's, uh, you keep repeating a positive. See, uh, apparently, according to experts, uh, one of the best ways to move away from any kind of negative thoughts is to move towards target or positive mm-hmm. target. Or one of the best ways to uh, outdo uncertainty is to know what you want to do for your future. Yeah. Right. So, so that way is um, the youth and the younger people can actually learn from that, that, okay, let me just go through the messiness 
and power through it uh, i mean i'm not saying go to burnout and hurt yourself or but in a healthy balanced way as much as you can power through the dynamics learn a lot in a in the shortest possible span and um, that's when you realize what's good for you mm-hmm. it, it works in all spaces like relationships uh, jobs um, social aspects you know whatever you have to deal with children so yeah that would be my two cents all right so that's actually very um, important thing that we should actually integrate it in all aspects of our life it's not just career that you know builds us it builds only a one aspect of us but then there's a personal life and so much more so yeah, yeah definitely so uh, what do you anticipate will be the next big tech that can revolutionize the industry um there are two or three clear areas that i can see emerging and uh, one of them is of course um, in the short span we are already seeing uh, the ai space being disrupted yeah. by a lot of automation right so any kind of work that can be done through ai now uh, as an offset those kind of repetitive tasks will get automated um, for instance um, doing manual labor on a graphic design exercise already like you know um can be done easily through ai driven things that's one aspect where repeated manual labor uh, where not no complexity of thought is involved uh, that is uh, that ai will take over uh, that's mm-hmm. pretty evident now the second aspect is um i'll give you an analogy like if you remember 2007 when iphone first iphone was launched so um, that led to the rise of the app ecosystem yeah you know the app store play store all these things mm-hmm. and uh, that then led to uh, valuable apps of different kinds which became large conglomerates of their own so they built on the background of those app store foundations app store and everything built on the foundation of good internet connectivity so similarly we call it uh, naval ravikant and some other really uh, popular um, entrepreneur and philosophers they call it like waves of internet So I think this is the fourth or fifth wave of internet that's going to come, which is around five G technology, and uh, the five G technology is going to enable uh, all the tiny objects around you, which are right now dumb dumb objects, uh, to become smart objects. You know. So what will that unlock? Like if you try to see five or ten years down the road, you can see that okay, you're driving a car, but the road sign is not smart. So whether you have to look at the red light or not, the car and the road sign have talked to each other, and it's called vehicle to infrastructure communication space, uh, and so on so forth. Like your car will be smarter, things around the car will be smarter, your house will be smarter. So the because of better internet connectivity, these billions and billions of more devices will uh, join the workforce. So if there are smart entrepreneurs. who will try to build solutions for these uh, future technologies ahead of time i think they will become landlords of very heavy duty you know wealth building uh, around uh, and value creation for the society so these are two areas i can clearly see uh, becoming very popular in the next decade all right so since you are you know a design professional by yeah yeah so <laughs> being the design professional that you are with years of experience in the field of course can you uh, shed some light on how it has become an influential part of every business growth in in this current scenario okay um maybe i can again drive down to fundamentals of uh, human psychology and the market as you see sure. right so you can see a couple of organizations in the world that uh, whatever they are selling but two examples that i can show you one is an indian example one is a global one so say for example apple every product that apple makes i mean 
you know they really really bend heavily on design uh and that design takes the perception and the user experience i mean people really love their products right so first they build the that love is born due to design being that uh, element mm-hmm. and then uh, they are able to build their uh, com- organizations wealth and uh, everything because they are able to um, you know basically accumulate the market markets models and everything to uh, benefit from that love of design end of the day right a macbook uh, or, or an apple product costs significantly more than competitive high, yeah. yeah because most of the other competition is about giving functionality um, but there is no there is no emotional attachment or aesthetic value uh, that the way apple is doing it right so that's one example that they are crushing it they are not just and uh, you must be aware everybody's uh, it's a common knowledge that apple is the biggest organization in the world in terms of wealth right mm-hmm. now they have the biggest cash fund like 300 billion dollars or 200 billion dollars in cash mm-hmm. they have so that's the result of just being design focused or design first a second example i can give you is an app like uh, swiggy for example so we order all order food on swiggy and zomato all these but uh, if you think about swiggy um and their app they i i, fi- I find them one of the pioneers in indian ecosystem that they are one of the apps that are doing it better than western many western products also Right. because they are first to market they are bringing all these visual design animation uh, aesthetic value ideas um design first ideas into their product but what that that does is that swiggy's um even if swiggy costs you like one and a half times or 2x more than walking to your nearest restaurant and eating you still prefer just ordering on it you want to press those buttons and you want to get your food delivered so obviously there's a functional element engineering element planning element but end of the day where the consumer is uh, interfacing like literally you can say it's like the face of the um, product or the organization right for me or you or us third parties uh, what is swiggy we are just using the app and that's yeah. all design that's all psychology it's like, it's like a symbolic way of being the food delivering app we just yeah. went for it yeah it, it also goes to things like um, there's a thing called cx uh that is called consumer experience mm-hmm. user experience is the app design and web design and digital product design but cx is more like how does a swiggy swiggy uh, delivery person talk to you or uh, one of the companies in india that's done very well in design in cx is okay. at uh, okay. so if you ever have to install a landline or go through different processes of handling uh, you know your connections uh, so airtel's process is very streamlined over the years they realized that mm-hmm. was where so i think they were smart enough to bank on it so yeah design can lead to much more roi than many uh, other kinds of investments it's a very short short roi for mm-hmm. facing and b2b both yeah yeah so it just you know pops up into my mind the fact that you said about you know about ui and the cx um i'm assuming cx is just similar to a ux part of the user experience part of uh, the organizations yeah it's like who what touch points other than just digital uh, you're touching yeah. like stores whatever mm-hmm. shops you know so yeah. when when i think about it i'm also thinking about like flipkart and amazon in comparison yeah. because if we have to do shopping online shopping those are the two most you know well known one in india right yeah. now yeah. so it's automatically like when we see amazon it's pretty clear the the interface itself is very um uh, yeah. friendly and you tend to just move for it compared to flipkart and i think these are some of the essential things we as consumers might not notice 
but yeah. i think that does bring about a lot of traction from the consumers itself right the best design is invisible uh, yeah if your life is much more easy you will not have problems and you will go about doing what things matter to you right mm-hmm. so at the day that's the objective of great design to either move you by emotion i mean in industrial design and cars and all these things or just let you do your job super easy so in my team uh, the first person when i was building this new team i hired was a psychologist who was interested in design okay because yeah because now that we we are doing this topic of also organization building and team so the first person that joined my team was uh, a psychologist design psychologist who had past experience with design also because i wanted to design not only um, the work that we'll end up doing but um, the kind of team we have the 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 psyche of the team uh, and i want to build a very tight uh, team of sportsman like spirit so people and and we all take care of each other like you know oh you want to take a mental health break take mm-hmm. care to you know take some like whatever the reasons like we're not like too rigid on these things but we're like yeah and we also try to take ownership of things mm-hmm. and uh, funnily my job as a, a team leader most of the time is telling them okay time to cut off everybody just go right. and do, go live your life instead of like you know why why didn't you do this because i'm really proud like the way such experiments sometimes show that's them. amazing <laughs> that's kind of a team you should really you know i think that's the kind of team a lot of organizations aspire to have as well the integrity is so important and that's just amazing so and um right now any exciting initiatives or experiments that you've been involved in so far um so one of the things i have been doing with my team is uh mental health checks uh, with everyone because sometimes you never know even a young intern or somebody who has joined the team you never know what's their social situation or what's their uh, um, personal situation which might be affecting the headspace and i'll tell you why it matters to designers more uh, even uh, because sometimes say for an engineer it's like just zoning out writing the line of code but it might just require a technical level of creativity it is very creative code writing code is creative but at the same time it's a functional and a logical level of creativity uh, but for us designers we really have to be internally um, bring it out of us whatever you call it this at the soul level you know that mm-hmm. that value that you have to bring out so i wanted to have a team where if somebody is like i i should just have an idea of how they're feeling and if they're not then you know take appropriate actions to get them to a better stage uh, mentally and you know everything so we do this experiment where um, i guess every month once um, the psychologist in the team would have casual conversations check-ins with the the team members to understand their state of mind other than work and uh, you know i mean obviously keeping the personal boundaries in place but to understand if there's anything that's troubling them so sometimes one of your colleagues if they're showing up late and uh, they're having trouble it could be that something much more troubling is going on in their uh, life mm-hmm. and uh, instead of just saying hey you are you you are late for the fifth time maybe just understanding and resolving that problem will automatically yield a better result you know obviously you can't go and resolve everybody's household or uh, social problems mm-hmm. but you can even if people i think most people even if they're heard that just gives them so much uh, perspective to get over it so it was an interesting experiment uh, that we've tried and uh, yeah we try to um, I-, i try to usually do this thing with my team where if there's something pressing 
like i need to get done and people have different specializations so i would still throw it at a broad set of people like a game or a workshop or an exercise and then i'll see how they all do because sometimes you might be really good at a particular say i don't know we need to go out and do some photography and mm-hmm. your job doesn't involve doing that but i'm like why don't you try taking some pictures why don't everybody does it and then you learn and appreciate each other in a different way so yeah these are the two experiments um, from a team specific pov yeah that's amazing thank you for sharing all the lovely experiences and i'm sure there is a lot of takeaway for our listeners so this brings us to the end of the podcast Thank you Abhishek Kumar it was lovely hosting you today Same here Aprajita it was lovely talking to you Thank you